Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Good morning and welcome to day 11 of 12 Saints 12 Days, my blog post from All Saints to Veterans Day. This morning we're talking about Philemon. And uh, before anybody notices, hopefully, I do realize that there are not 12 days between All Saints and Veterans Day. I got in my head that I was going to tomorrow be my last post, kind of like a recap and a summary. And so, you know, I just wanted to finish on a Friday because it was basically Monday to Friday. Yeah, Monday to Friday. Um, so technically there are 11 saints, 11 days. Um, but tomorrow I'm going to try and recap it and also provide like a, a table of contents so that um, you can go to one place and find all the different saints. But um, without further ado, many of you might be... Um, perplexed as to why Philemon is included in my uh, list of soldier saints or really more specifically my listicle on um, a martial hermeneutic in the New Testament. Um, And it's speculative, but there's good reason to think that Philemon was a veteran. And before we get to that, it will be helpful to know that he's a leader, a Christian leader in, uh, in the church in Colossa the Colossians. He had uh, a mass met in his own house, making him something like a priest or a bishop in these, you know, clearly very, very, very early days. Um, and he, uh, he the, the letter is addressed to him as head of the household. And the context in which he's receiving this letter is that a, an indentured servant, Onesimus, has fled and found Paul and spent some time with Paul. And Paul is sending Onesimus back to Philemon. And the letter, if you read it, with a certain amount of you know critical awareness, you'll you'll I don't know, I get the sense that it's this very tongue in cheek um, admonishment. Paul knows Philemon is not only influential, he's also wealthy. Um, just like Cornelius and um, Captain Marvel, he has his own slave or servant, probably because of his military service, either because of his wealth or because he was taken in war. And that um, Onesimus is literally one of the spoils of war, kind of hearkening back to uh, the ancient Israelites when they were sometimes allowed to keep slaves when they were victorious in battle. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the greetings are noteworthy. Um, Saul is writing this with Timothy, and they address not only Philemon, but his wife, our sister Apphia, and Archippus, our fellow soldier. In uh, in Greek, it's sistratiotis, and stratiotis is something you, I hope you'll remember. That's that's literally a grunt. It's not you know an officer. It's not. Uh, you know, cavalry, it's it's your rank and file, uh, assembled member of the military, stratiotis. And cis or sign or cis is um, fellow or, or co-whatever, right? And according to recent scholarship, 
almost every known instance of this word, sistratiotes, in Greek literature occurs um, in such a way that it refers to actual soldiers. So to use it metaphorically is Paul doing something very new. Um, But more importantly and more specifically, most of those occurrences appear in letters sent to and from soldiers to one another or to their family members um, from the front lines and back. And I've all, when I was in, I don't know if it, I'm sure it did, but we would, I mean, before I left, I wrote a bunch of letters <clears throat> to family, put them in a little box and gave them to my dad and said, you know, if I die, can you please hand these out? So these letters are specific by using this word in this way, it's very likely that Saul is leaning on this tradition that Philemon would have been hit right in the feels with, you know, like, you know, it it is evoking these scribbled epistles held by fellow soldiers to deliver to our widows and our orphans in the event of our untimely deaths. Um, But another reason that Saul uses this word um, is is just to appeal to Philemon, to f- appeal to his better angels. Um, the, you know, a, a closer trans, oh, and an archippus we believe, most scholars believe, is the son of Philemon and Apphia. And we don't know how old he is. He may be an adult, maybe a child, but the way he uses this, he's tying them all together in familial ways. So the, <clears throat> a closer translation would be like, archippus, our little trooper. You know, like our our little friend, our little you, um, <clears throat> is another way to understand the reason that Saul uses this word. Um, and, <clears throat> sorry, my throat is not doing very good uh, this morning. Um, and the other reason, or one of the other big things that stands out is, as I read this through a martial hermeneutic, is that Saul repeatedly calls himself a desmos, a prisoner. And you'll remember that desmos is a, a bond or a, a prisoner from, uh, or which is part of the word desmophylax or des from earlier this week. And he uses desmos over and over and over again, talking about how he's a prisoner for Christ and fellow prisoner of that. But then at the very end, in verse 23, he switches it up. Instead of a desmos... He is now, he joins himself with Epaphras as an eikmalotos. The word that appears is, is fellow prisoner, sign eikmalotos. But eikmalotos is a very specific word. It combines the Greek eikme, which is a spear, and holosis, which means caught or taken. And an eikmalotos is, is literally a prisoner taken at the end of a spear in war. An eikmalotos is a prisoner of war. And Saul is placing himself in solidarity here with Onesimus, with captives taken as the spoils of war, the very manner in which Onesimus probably found himself enslaved by Philemon. <clears throat> but what's really kind of interesting is that if all this is true, um, and, you know, this is maybe f- f- 50s, you know, um, uh, even if uh, Philemon is a, a veteran, he did, he'd spent... 25 years in the military or 20 years in the military, like that's, that's ancient past. There's no, there was no Christian. That was before, you know, John the Baptist probably, right? Um, so what does he do? You know, somebody could, 
you know, I, I imagine if all this is true, one of the things that goes through Philemon's mind is like, look, I entered the faith with this slave. Like, I'm not going to change, especially with with Saul, you know, no no restrictions on the gospel kind of thing. You know, I'm not going to give him up because, like, I didn't, I, I, I didn't take him as a Christian. And now that he's mine, like, I wouldn't give him up any more than I would give up my wife. Um, but Saul is subtle, but he's really clear. Um, and in the letter, <clears throat> he's, he's admonishing Philemon because Philemon apparently mistreats his slave, which is unlike Cornelius's Dolos and um, Captain Marvel's Oiketes, or vice versa. So <clears throat> some veterans treat their servants very well. Philemon does not. And that is not okay with Saul. He's, he um, is essentially, by using Ike Molotos and saying, I am an Ike Molotos, I'm a prisoner of war, I am like Onesimus, he goes on to say later, treat him as you would treat me. Um, and he's placing the narrative force on the oppressed. And that word, oppressed, captives, is the exact same one that Jesus quotes in Luke 4, 18, from Isaiah 61, verse 1. Proclaim liberty to the Eichmalotos, the prisoners of war. And so when Saul says, treat him as you would treat me, <clears throat> it's slightly, it has more force than just like, you know, niceties. Um, but furthermore, um, we know from Acts 20 onward Saul uses his Roman citizenship, and one of those things that his citizenship allows him to do is to command soldiers and veterans to an extent, but certainly soldiers. So Claudius Lysias, um, when he's brought into Fort Antonia and he's like, would you beat a Roman citizen? Lysias freaks the fuck out. He's like, oh shit, right? I, I didn't know, I'm sorry, let me, let me dust you off kind of shit. That is the relationship between citizen and soldier. And now Lysias probably inherited his, his um, or he, he purchased his citizenship. And a, a, you know, a birthright Italian citizen, you know, Italian-born citizen, probably, um, <clears throat> you know, or legionary, there might be different relationships going on. But these are, you know, for the most part, um, on Coloss, it might be, uh, an Italian light affair skin. But anyway, there's this relationship between citizens and the military, not unlike right now. Like I always, when I was in, I, it was never taught to me. It was just reinforced and conditioned that citizens, regular civilians outrank me. You know, if you have an 06 walking around and, and some jackwad comes out of the, the PX, uh, he's going to call that guy, sir, and treat him with a certain amount of deference. Um, but Saul is confident in Philemon's obedience, as we see in verse 21, because of Saul's experience with Claudius Lysias. He knows that his citizenship allows him to command Epitasso, a representative of the military. And so it's not, it's not like, it's not merely a little ribbing, a little like, you know, bless your heart. It's forceful. Saul is saying, look, I know that you know that I can boss you around, 
not just as an ecclesiastical authority, but as a legal authority. His legal status makes him more, you know, important than Philemon and, and your regular rank and file soldier or veteran. And so all that is to say this is a reading if we believe or give credence to the idea that Philemon is a veteran. It kind of it brings the letter alive, but ultimately we don't know. And so I call Philemon this unknown soldier. Was he? Maybe. I think the textual evidence read through the lens of military service suggests very strongly that he was or is, whatever. But um, the epistle is not just, you know, this, uh, you know, returning your slave. It's this, it's loaded like Philippians with military language. Um, and I don't think we can quite appreciate that if we don't have a more uh, open and inclusive and frankly honest understanding of what the military was like at the, at that time and what militaries are like across time. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.